this isn't about like tracking and counting and and weighing everything that you eat and writing it all down and all of these things that we've just been like taught in society um, and culturally that don't work, right? Or else we'd all like have it figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really about using these foods in, to, to help us heal and understanding that, you know, these foods develop the cells that, that make up our body and these foods can turn on and off gene expression. And these foods like offer us, it, it's all information for our body. Welcome to the Princess and the Bee podcast, the place to be to build your empire as queen of your body, business, and life. I'm your host, Kimberly Spencer, founder of crownyourself.com, and I'm an award-winning coach, Amazon best-selling author, and multi-passionate entrepreneur. Each week, I give you the systems, strategies, and success stories to help you master your mindset, communicate with ease, and triple your productivity so you make the income and the impact you deserve. Imagine this podcast as your weekly spark of inspiration as you take it to the next level with all the bees of your life. Body, business, bank account, boys and babies. Let's make it rain. Hello, hello, and welcome back to The Princess and the Bee. I am so excited today because I have an incredibly special guest on But before I introduce this extraordinary woman, take a hot second and give yourself a hot dose of gratitude for the fact that you are choosing content that up-levels, inspires, challenges, and you're going to learn a ton from my guest today. Hannah Aylward is a certified holistic health coach, gut health expert, author of Recipes for a Healthy Gut, and the founder of Han. She helps women take the... She helps women around the world take their health into their own hands and live in bodies that they thrive in. Healthy weight, seamless digestion, clear mind, glowing skin, abundant energy, and a huge smile. My type of gal. Hannah cuts through the overwhelming wellness noise and teaches women how to eat for their gut health give up dieting. Yes, queen. Tap into their intuition and feel at home in their bodies again. Hannah! Welcome to the Princess and the Bee. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so, so excited to be here. Your intro has literally had me cheering. I was fist pumping (laughs) on giving up dieting, all about the glow skin and the clear mind because you and I have a bit of a a similar story in some ways about our, our past and our journey with dieting. So can you tell me about where your dieting started and this passion for health and specifically gut health came from? Yes. Oh my gosh. I mean, I think that I was on my first diet at like 14 years old, if not, if not 12, you know, and it was, it was just so centered around wanting to control the size of my body. If I'm being completely honest, that's like really how I got into health. Um, and thank goodness it transformed into something else many years down the road. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, we were talking briefly before this podcast and I started, singing and dancing and acting and modeling like as a very young girl. So I think that my appearance was put on a pedestal a little bit. I was like literally collecting checks due to like the way that I looked, you know? So Mm -hmm. there was a lot of pressure put around that. Um, And I would say I also grew up in an area where most of the women, you know, have plastic surgery or 
um, dye their hair or whatever it is. I'm not like knocking those things, but there's just like a lot of altering of the physical natural appearance happening. So it was kind of what I was born into. Um, and I mean, as soon as I kind of grasped the concept of dieting, I hopped on board. I tried everything in the book. I would like, you know, not go out with my friends on Friday nights. I spent my time literally reading diet books at Books A Million when Books A Million was a thing. <laughs> and, um, you know, like that was, that was my jam and it was master cleanse. It was zone diet. It was whatever the top celebrity was doing at that time. I mean, just so much confusion and, and, but also ultimately research, right? So it was years and years of feeling um, so much low self-worth, so disconnected to my body and what it actually wanted. Um, and then, you know, finally I, many years down the line started really getting into some of the more like science-based research and came across the topic of gut health. And that really shifted my perspective on things. And then I did a program that's actually called the Queen Program, and it was written by um, Dr. Alejandro Younger, and he is like Gwyneth Paltrow's doctor. So you know, it's a little shishi. It, mm -hmm. You know, I actually now do some writing for them. Like I provide the content for their website, so life can be incredibly full circle and wild. <laughs> um, but but anyway, I did that, and it was really centered around gut health, and that was my my first real intro into it. And the thing that I noticed the most was that everything started to shift, and it it wasn't this like dieting out of low self-worth or like trying to control the size of my body, the biggest things that came out of it for me were like a better mindset, um, more happiness, you know, like less bloating was definitely a thing too, because after years of dieting, you just wreck your digestive system, you wreck your gut health. Um, so there was some of that too, but it was, it was actually incredibly freeing for me really. So then I just like dove into this research. I worked for a few um, companies up in New York City. I worked with a functional medicine practice. I worked for an Ayurvedic doctor, just like soaking in all of this information and all of the science really supports it as well. And then I kind of really put together my own process for re repairing the gut and transforming your gut health. Um, and I started working with clients and it was like one after the other, after the other, everyone started to get better regardless of really their symptoms. So sometimes for me, it's actually difficult to narrow down on like my message because gut health is, is connected to 90% of disease. So it affects everything. It affects brain fog, your skin, like it can, it's linked to acne, eczema, psoriasis. It can affect your sleep, of course, your digestion, bloating, constipation, all of these other things. But it's just like, it, it really, really makes everything better. So whether a client came to me with rheumatoid arthritis or Hashimoto's or um, acne or bloating, it was just like, like symptoms would just fall off um, one after the other. So then I was like, this is the good work. <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love your story. I started dieting when I was nine, not something to be super proud of. Yeah. Um, and then was bulimic by the time I was 12 for 10 years. Mm. And so wow. when you talk about wrecking your gut and digestive system, been there, done that. Um, and for my own journey, I saw the mindset was so, was 90% of the success mm -hmm. of transitioning out of the the diet spiral the, the diet shame spiral I, I believe you call it yeah. um like the that diet spiral and so yeah. how did you shift your mindset how do you work with your clients on shifting the their mindsets from being on a diet or 
dieting and that and that all the thing the labels that that implies versus focusing on healing and living vibrantly? Yes, this is such a good question. And I would say that most of the women that I work with or the women that come into my like online program or or anything like that, like every single woman has a body story. Every single woman has dealt with some form of connecting their worth to the size of their body or the way that they look, right? So um, I deal with a lot of women that have had not necessarily like past eating disorders, but are like, you know, I feel really weird about restriction. I have to be very mindful of what I take out of my diet, like the men- the mentality that comes with it and my mental health will suffer. So um, as well as, you know, a lot of the women that come to me have tried multiple things. So they've, they've seen doctors, they've seen gastroenterologists, they've seen dietitians, they've seen acupuncturists and like nothing has worked. So with, th- throughout that process alone, like you've already tried so many things that your mental health is like on the, on the brink already. Um, so, so yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting conversation to have. And as you mentioned, you know, it's so much perspective. And that's what I really try to um, get us to shift when I'm doing like one-on-one work with my clients is how do we choose to see this as a really fun and exploratory and enriching experience? How do we choose to see this and, and move this energy from a place of like fear and scarcity and lack to a place of abundance and understanding that you know, once we figure out this whole food, health, lifestyle thing, this just sets the foundation for us to live the lives that we want to live. You know, it's very difficult to um, raise your children or build the business or travel the world. Like when you don't feel at home in your body or when you're dealing with physical symptoms, when you're exhausted or bloated or your face is covered in acne, you're like caking it in makeup and you're so self-conscious, right? So it's like, but when we figure this out, it's, it's not really about it's not about our body size. Like what I want to get up on my soapbox and scream is like food offers us so much more than calories. We equate food, like food equals size of body, but food equals literally so much more. I mean, food, food, like it's so much more than that. It is not even, and the whole body thing, like the, the healthy natural weight set point is going to happen naturally. It happens naturally to all of my students without them even thinking about it. We don't even talk about it. Like I am very conscious of using the word, um, weight even in my language because I'm just like, so over the conversation because I think that I know that food offers us so much more. I mean, I watch food get rid of, you know, incredible bloating, get rid of acne, get rid of um, these sensitivities, exhaustion, and, and all of these other things. So really just helping my students shift the perspective and realize that like, this isn't about like tracking and counting and, and weighing everything that you eat and writing it all down and all of these things that we've just been like taught in society um, and culturally that don't work, right? Or else we'd all like have it figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really about using these foods in, to, to help us heal and understanding that, you know, these foods develop the cells that, that make up our body. And these foods can turn on and off gene expression. And these foods like offer us, it, it's all information for our body. So when we just, you know, commit to learning about our unique bodies, which I always, I, I'd like to talk about a lot in my program too, because the process that I take women through um, at the end of it, you're going to know what works for your unique body. So it's Amen. Like, 
Yes. I mean, it's not, it's not a one size fits all. And when you get that information of like, whoa, these foods, I know, I know what works for me. I know how much fat I need in my breakfast. I know that like gluten doesn't really work with my body. It makes me feel brain foggy and bloated. Like whatever it is, you can then use this information for the rest of your life. And you no longer have to fall victim to these trends and fads because like you got it. I love the fact that you are just putting the power back into the individual mm -hmm. rather than in some like one size fits all if you don't fit this mold or this diet or this thing. And because that's that's was very similar to my diet journey is it was a whole process of exploration, literally to save myself. Mm -hmm. And and I was a vegan for six years and I felt so good eating plants, but the only thing I craved for six years was red meat. Mm -hmm. Like the only thing I craved was a giant piece of steak. And I, when I eliminated uh, gluten from being vegan, that changed the game, but I still was struggling with low energy. And as soon as I put red meat back into my diet, as soon as I listened to my body and what my body was saying, within five minutes, I had the brain fog was clear. I had energy. Okay. So I love the fact that you give people that power through your programs and it doesn't take 10 years like it did with me of, of exploration. Like you get it fast and you get to know your body as what you need, not what other people say that you should or shouldn't do and consume. Totally. So, so what has been the biggest lesson that you have learned that you you share with your clients about your own journey? Oh my gosh, that's such a good question. Oh, how we've learned so much. <laughs> you know, it was like, I was in a very similar, very similar place where, you know, my, my entire life revolved around the food that I ate and my, and my decisions. And, you know, I would be the girl at the party that was quote unquote, a healthy eater or whatever, right. Which comes with a whole the whole boat of like shame and oh, guilt yeah. that other people put on you. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, sorry, I don't want to eat the queso dip. And then, but I'd also internally be feeling like, I, like I had restricted myself all week. So I'd be at the potluck on a Friday night and I just want to jump across the table into the cake, you know? So it's like, fortunately we're not there anymore because I don't, I don't think I view food in that way anymore. And also you just like, as I mentioned earlier, like this foundation that we build, we're just like resetting this foundation. And once we, once we take these foods away from being like um, good or bad and just like learn what works for us, you know, these, we don't feel like we want to jump across the table into the cake as much. <laughs> um, as well as like other, you know, scientific things that I use to like help balance blood sugar levels to help keep us actually full and satiated. So we're not on this diet starving every hour, right? Like how do we get anything done when we feel that way? So it's just like, you know, and then I have a very similar, a very similar vegan story as well, where it just, um, really, really did not do my body well. And, um, I like fractured my foot and I was, my teeth felt like they were going to fall out of my mouth. It was very, very strange. And I was, I lost my period for two years. I was suffering from insomnia. And it's that, it's interesting going back to that, um, intuition that you mentioned, like your body just wanting it and, and you just starting to listen because as a little girl, I would, I ate so much steak. Like that was my favorite food. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then I just totally like walked away from that. Um, after being, hearing that vegan was like the best. Right. So 
Um, anyway, I brought it back in and it was, it's a very similar story. Like within minutes, my body was like, this feels like medicine. Um, yeah. and, and with that being said, that doesn't mean that I eat a steak with every meal. Like that's definitely not the case. Right. So anyway, the, I would say the biggest lesson that I've learned throughout all of this that I really try to convey to my students is that this, this doesn't have to be hard and like a pain. Like this can actually really be amazing and enriching and fun and beautiful and vibrant. And I also like to always say like, we can't really, we have to look at our relationship with food because we can't run away from it. Like we eat multiple times a day, every single day. And if we don't eat, then we can't survive. So it's like this relationship that we have with food, it's so important to take a look at it and see whether it's serving us, see how we react, see what triggers us, all of these things. Um, because we, we just can't, we can't run away from it. So once we bring some like love and abundance and awareness and, and science backed information and some exploration and, and testing into our own relationship with food, like this just, it'll shift your entire life. I mean, I have students that end up launching programs in the middle of my, in the middle of my program because they're like so overloaded with creativity and confidence, you know? So it's just like, it, it can be this really beautiful, growth-filled, amazing experience. It doesn't have to be like counting and restricting and not eating any of your favorites and yada, yada. I love that. I have um, a s- statement that I say in my book, Mindful Meals, where it's, I say food is just food. Like it is a natural resource. And I actually found very similar parallels between the beliefs that I had about food when I was struggling um, with my diet, with my body and all that to the beliefs that I had about money when I was struggling starting my business. Mm-hmm. And the parallels are exactly, are, are very, very similar in that both food and money, you're dealing with them on a daily basis. It's a natural resource. It's a part of your life. And when you look at the relationships between the two, it, it, changes the game when you can look at it from the perspective of abundance and care and research and exploration rather than like, this is right, that is wrong, this is good, this is bad, and dealing in absolutes. So where does your, where does your drive come from? <laughs> um, oh my gosh, the women that I see struggling and also my own story and knowing how how dark it really was for so many years. I mean, I missed out on so many opportunities. I missed out on so many like juicy life experiences because of where I was mentally when it comes to food and how I looked and how I felt and, and like really equating my self-worth to the size of my body. Um, and I would say like, I say all this and I, I have always been in like a smaller body. So it's really I mean, it's a mental, mental thing. And mm-hmm. also this is all like totally relative. Like there are no rules or regulations or like guidelines for any of this, you know? It's like it, it, all of our bodies are different and what they're supposed to look like and feel like are, are different. So um, anyway, I think coming really from my own pain and, and not wanting other women to deal with that. Like I literally spent 10 years of my life researching all of this and failing over and over and over again and really... Um, really, I'd say mentally a very dark place. Um, and then also physical symptoms, right? Like the insomnia, like losing my period. Like I had, I had really horrible migraines and I had really terrible bloating for many years. Um, after all of this dieting, you know, I had just wrecked my system and I don't want other women to go through that. And I think that when, 
when, when we as women take our health into our own hands and refuse to be given these like, these like, you know, pushaways from the doctor and diagnoses that, that aren't even, don't even make sense. And of course, like, listen to your doctor. That's not what I'm saying. But so many of my students go in and they come to me and they have been laughed at by their doctors. Like these women are laughed at. They are told, uh, I just had a woman say to me last week that, you know, the doctor laughed at her and just said like, oh, you're going, going through menopause. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. And she had SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Like that's not the case here. She should have been given a test. She should have been tested. She had bacteria levels were off. It was super serious. She was in the hospital multiple times, you know, and she went to, she went to Johns Hopkins university, drove there, um, or the, the medical center drove there and, you know, they, they didn't, they didn't even run a SIBO test. They didn't even test her. They sent her home and said everything was okay. And so I'm just like these, the, the doctors don't have this information and that's what I was finding as well. And it's just so like this information is not being as widely shared as it should be, as well as these women are not being, you know, held and nurtured throughout this experience. And they're often laughed at. Another one of my students, she told me that she went to this doctor and he rolled her eyes at her and she ended up crying in her car for 20 minutes. Like this is like, these things light me on fire. <laughs> I like to not. I can tell. I can tell. And they light me on fire too. Cause I mean, I, I believe that the statistic is that medical schools, only one fourth of them have a nutritional component and that's required. And oh, totally. And I, I believe that it's two hours of nutrition, the entire schooling. So it's like, they simply are not, they are taught on what I like when I, when I work with gut health, gut health is getting to the root cause of our issues. So I always give the example of like, if you if you step on a tack and you can take an Advil, like that's going to help manage the pain, but then you're probably going to have to like increase from one to two. And like, then you're going to have to keep taking these Advil and you're going to be taking these Advil for days and days and months and years. Right. And then, and then that's going to wreck your stomach lining and it's going to give you all of these other symptoms. But what you really need to do is remove the tack from your foot, like get to the root cause of the pain and get rid of that. So when we work with gut health, we're not giving, you know, we're, we're not giving like blood pressure medication or whatever it is. And I'm not knocking medication. These things are necessary in certain, you know, instances, but like we're getting to the root cause of the issue and addressing that, allowing everything else to just dissipate and turning on the body's like natural ability to heal itself because our bodies are freaking amazing. And we breathe without thinking about it. We just go to sleep and everything's cool. Our cuts just heal. Like the body knows what it's doing. But when we overload it with like all of this inflammation and chaos and sugar and caffeine and little sleep and, you know, bad relationships and all of these things, like the body just can't handle it anymore. And that's when something, that's when something slips. And then, and then we get diagnosed with something because it's like, hello, please pay attention to me, you know? Um, So I like to really, doctors are taught to look at symptoms and give symptom management, right? So like if you have high blood pressure, they'll give you a medication for that to manage your blood pressure. But like, why do you have high blood pressure? Like I want to know, I want to get into it. I want to figure out the why. Um, And like I mentioned, like gut health is linked back to over 90% of disease, including cardiovascular, you know, skin, um, autoimmune conditions really start in, in the gut. I mean, all of the things, because if we're not if we're not digesting our food properly, um, we're not assimilating these nutrients that then like build our bodies. So yes, I just, um, I think my drive comes from helping all these women that are in such, that feel so overwhelmed and to the point where they're almost ready to just freaking give up. And like, Mm -hmm. I think that when women step into their power and take their health into their own hands, like this is a cultural and 
like societal shift. This is like, we have been pushed down time after time again, and just kind of like pushed aside and told to shut up and told that we're too emotional and all of these things. And when we really like figure this stuff out for ourselves, like this is when we're able to build the businesses that change the world. This is when we're able to raise the children that are like amazing and in their bodies and intuitive and present. Like it, it, I think it literally shifts the world. So that's thinking of it, you know, big term. Um, but that's really how it feels to me. And that's why I continue to get up and do this work day after day. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I can feel your passion. So I've got some like technical questions that I want to dive into because I know our, our listeners have a lot of questions about gut health and the different things that we're taught. So a little bit of rapid health coach fire yeah. uh, <laughs> of like <laughs> thoughts on intermittent fasting. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I have used it a bit personally in my own health journey, my gut repairing journey. Um, and it was beneficial to me. I will, I say that with like a little asterisk though. So, um, it can be beneficial. I believe as women, we need to be more careful. A lot of the science that's out there on intermittent fasting, a lot of these studies have been done on mice and men. So, we have our hormones are very different, right? They're shifting constantly. We have a menstrual cycle. We like the estrogen, progesterone, the testosterone, like all of these levels are shifting throughout the month for us. Um, so when we are going without food for long periods of time, it's easier for our cortisol to spike and us to kind of go into like preservation mode, um, which is really, really wears on our adrenals. So if we're already dealing with adrenal fatigue or we're not sleeping well, or we're just like running a million miles an hour and drinking too much coffee, um, or we feel like we have high levels of stress in our life, probably not the best idea. But with that being said, I believe that resting the gut, giving the gut a time, like a period of time to just like clean house and do its thing is incredibly powerful. So I like, I like my students to start off with 12 hours a night, which is um, really basic. Honestly, it's just like, if you eat at 7 PM, don't have breakfast until 7 AM, which is very doable for most of us, as long as we're not late night snacking. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, gradually work up to there from there if you want, but start with 12, 12 alone will shift the game for you. Um, if you're not already doing that. And then for me, I would go, you know, I personally, I wouldn't go to 16. It feels like too much on my body. It like was starting to trigger some like panicky panic attacks, anxiety for me. Um, and I know that it does that for other women as well. With that being said, like we're all different. Um, but I think that hanging out in the 12 to 14 hours is a little, a little bit safer for us. Um, the occasional, you know, 24 hour thing or whatever is, is probably fine. It can be incredibly powerful um, for our like cellular regeneration and things like that. But I just think as women, we have to be, we have to be a little more mindful and it's not, um, it's not always 100% necessary, but I would say definitely get in those 12 hours. I love the fact that you brought up that for women, especially that our hormones are changing literally throughout the month. Mm -hmm. And um I remember when I was working on getting pregnant, before I got pregnant, I got, did a whole bunch of like a month long spit tests on all these different types of tests with my, my health practitioner, um, not a doctor, my midwife. And it was, the results were, were fascinating. And I, I, I'm sure you've studied Dr. Kate Northrup. Um, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. We had some education from her in my, in my program. Yeah, she had a really interesting podcast interview with James Wedmore about the female's productivity cycle. Mm, like yeah, how sometimes it. during our our monthly cycle we can we can go off of less sleep because we are 
in that in that preparation mode and sometimes during you know whether we're on our periods and that that is more of a restful mode that requires a little bit different things from our body because our body is ever evolving. Mm-hmm. And with my own experimentation with intermittent fasting, um, there are certain times of the month during my own cycle that intermittent fasting really rocks. And then like within a couple of days, it's like, nope, my body just is saying, nope, like 12 hours is good. <laughs> no need to go to, to 15. No need to go to 16. Totally. Um, yeah. So, oh, go ahead. And I would just say like, you know, if we, once we get to this point where, where we like really clear out the clutter and reconnect to our bodies and our intuition, like this is something that you were able to feel intuitively, you know, and that's, that's ultimately what we want, right? Like we don't, we don't necessarily need to be like keeping up with the latest scientific research. Like once we like kind of clear out this clutter and chaos in our own bodies, we can, we, then we're able to listen. Then we're able to build a body that, that listens to us and we can listen to. And then you're able to be like, oh, I'm ovulating right now. Like intermittent fasting is like pretty cool. I'm loaded with energy. I'm like going to hit. Right. And then, and then it's like a few days before your period and you're like, I'm exhausted and I'm starving. Like, but you're able to even tap into that. And that's what we really want here. And looking at the intuition compared to like traditional dieting, what is the number one shift that can be made to tap women, especially women, but men as well, into that intuition, even if they're on a diet or have a food protocol that that is working for them, but they want to optimize it? Yeah. You know, something that I love to do with my, with my students is have them do like a little morning check-in and ask themselves um, in the morning, like, how do they want to feel today? And how, that's the first question. And second question being like, what do they need to do to get there? And this can be, um, this can also include some other things too, like whether it's like, I want to get these things off my to-do list, but in the, in, when we're looking at our food and the way that we eat, like it, you may, it may look like I want to feel energized today. How, what does this mean for me? It means I'm going to pack my lunch. It means I'm going to stay away from like the, the sources of caffeine that just like jack me up and have me crashing low. It means that I'm going to get more greens in, you know, like these, these other things or have some snacks to stabilize my blood sugar levels or, you know, not eat the cake that comes out at the office luncheon because it's going to have me crashing an hour later. So really just taking a very, very simple, totally free, right? Like a lot of this is like free tools that we can use literally anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, Just a quick second to check in with how, how do you actually want to feel? And when I bring on, when I bring on clients in our first one-on-one session, like what we do is we get really clear on their goals and intentions. Like, why are we doing this work? You know, because we always need to come back to this and we have to be really clear on what we even want from this. So if you want to feel better, like, and things get hard, you need, you need to be able to connect back to why the heck you're doing this. Um, so it actually lasts, you know, so simple things like that. And then if we want to get really granular on it, you know, I think like the first very few things that you can pull out from your diet to just see how you feel when you do it, sugar, gluten, dairy, take them out, see what happens. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Been there, done that. I did, I did that with gluten for, um, I was vegan. I was turning 21. So I've been off of gluten for 10 years now. Yeah. Uh, I was turning 21 and one of my, my Pilates students, she recommended it. And I was like, oh, 
okay, I guess I could try it. I, I, I was still back then coming from the perspective of I liked the way her body looked. So yeah. I wanted to do it because I wanted my body to look more like hers. But I did it. And for 30 days, I cut gluten out of my diet. And then I literally added it back in with a vegan pizza because I was still vegan back then. And I felt awful the next yeah. day. I felt like someone just took like, uh, like I swallowed a nail and it just cut me up all the way down. Like Ugh, it, yeah. it felt atrocious. And I thought, okay, maybe bad pizza. So I waited another couple of weeks, went off of gluten again, tried it again with like a sandwich. And again, it was the same reaction. I was like, okay, my body is not loving gluten. And totally, yeah. once I'd had, but I'd, I'd had to have for me, I had to have, go through the experimentation of getting down to the basics of eating like raw plants, <laughs> like actually eating plants instead of processed foods mm-hmm. and going vegan and having that path and then cutting out gluten and then adding back in meat because that's still what my body needed. Yeah. And everyone's journey is a little different, you know, and, and mine was, a, was quite similar to that as well. And, you know, it's just like, I just had someone, I just posted this thing on, on Instagram yesterday about like, you know, kombucha isn't the answer for probiotics. I love that. I, I saw that and I was, I was like, yes, yes. I was cheering. I was like, I love that. We can talk about kombucha in a hot second. Yes. Thank you. And, and it's funny because this one, someone commented, you know, and was like, Hey, I just want to like, I'm not trying to stir anything up. And I'm like, Oh, please stir it up. But, but like, <laughs> I, I'm not trying to stir anything up, but I went on, you know, I did this and I did this and I did this. And then I went on the ketogenic diet and that's what gave me, um, you know, my, the most like regular bowel movements and like, I feel the best. And I was like, that's awesome. And, and here's the thing, like everyone's body is different, but also know that it really, where it gets like specific and particular is like, we're all starting from a different point. So amen. So for someone who's like, um, if she has a bacterial overgrowth, this woman, which I'm guessing she, she did, if she felt better on keto, um, and if her diet before was higher in sugars and carbohydrates, she's going to feel better on keto is that when she takes out all the carbs, cause you can't eat them on keto, then like the, ba- the bad bacteria start to starve away. So of course you're going to feel better. Whereas even if you're eating some of these quote unquote healthier grains that are filled with, fi- filled with fiber, like quinoa or brown rice, like we're just feeding those bad bacteria. So this is where... It, de- it really depends on like where you're starting. Um, and that's why in my program, like I just take out, we, we take out a lot of the things that I just see trigger people over and over and over again. And I've had one of my last students was like, man, I really thought I was like, quote unquote, eating healthy before this. And I was like, I saw a nutritionist and all of this stuff and nothing was working. And, you know, then we get into it and she was eating these like healthy grain bowls and and she was like more vegan and it was beans and brown rice and avocado and all these things and I'm like girlfriend this is not going to work if you have a bacterial overgrowth which you likely do with with symptoms like IBS you know so it really depends but there are some people that will thrive on a vegan diet so but I what I found is like with with gut health um more difficult to do vegan and wouldn't be my number one recommendation with that being said I'm heavily plant-based so um, yeah, it just kind of, it, it all really depends on where you're starting. I love that. Now, looking at, at that perspective on kombucha, like what are the benefits of kombucha? I mean, I know it's, it's a probiotic, but when should kombucha be taken and when should kombucha like be avoided or is being used as a crutch? Yeah. You know, I am just so like, I am on team sustainability and relatability. (laughs) So like, I just find that um, 
in the wellness world, we're so quick to like grab the next superfood um, or like grab the next supplement or grab the next like kombucha that's $5 a bottle. Right. And, and like, these things are awesome. And I'm not acting like I don't have some of these things. Like I, I love superfoods. I like kombucha and I drink kombucha sometimes. Um, But you know, it's really like what it's, we gotta, we got, once again, we have to get to that root cause and look at like, what else are we doing here? So if we're just like eating a diet that's not supportive and we're stressed and we're not sleeping and all of these things, drinking kombucha is not going to work. <laughs> like it's not going to fix everything. Um, that's not how this process works, you know, especially if we have like a bacterial overgrowth because kombucha contains sugar. That's how it's made. It's fermented. Like there has to be sugar in it to ferment it. Um, so for someone that's dealing with that, with a bacterial overgrowth, which is like literally 75% of people, um, it's not going to be super beneficial. That doesn't mean that we can't have like a few sips of it here and there either. But also, even when we look at it, like from a medicinal standpoint, the serving size that we're supposed to be drinking is like six ounces. It's not the whole bottle, you know? So it's like, it just, it depends on what you're dealing with, but also listen to your body. Like, do you feel bloated after you drink it? A lot of people do. It's carbonated and it contains sugar. Like that will bloat some people and it contains those, pro- those probiotics, which if we have an overgrowth of the bad bacteria, aren't necessarily going to do us any good um, in the beginning. First, we need to really like starve off those bad bacteria and then we can add in some of the good. Um, so it's not that kombucha is quote unquote bad. But I just think we're so quick to look at these like other things when it's like, listen, what are we eating for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? And how do we feel about ourselves? Like d- dig deeper, get to the root cause. Don't just start drinking kombucha. Pull out that thumbtack from your foot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, get off the thumbtack. <laughs> like tone it down on the turmeric capsules. Like yes, look at what yes. you're actually consuming. <laughs> totally. And once again, like turmeric is awesome, right? Yeah. But it's like, but it's like eating McDonald's and taking turmeric capsules is not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So looking at gut health, what are your, what, if you're dealing with the overgrowth, with bacterial overgrowth, what are your top tips to, to start, aside from cutting out gluten, dairy, and sugar, what else could we do? Yeah. So I really like to work with like antimicrobial herbs. Um, so these are going to be things like, I like, I love oregano oil. Um, caprylic acid can be useful. Berberine can be really useful. These are things that like we'll work with in my program. Um, as well as making sure that the diet is supportive of this. So taking out that sugar is critical, right? As is taking out, um, some of those, not some, all of those refined carbohydrates and some of the quote unquote healthier carbs, right? So one of the clients that I have right now, she has done, she has worked with some of these herbs before, but she wasn't doing like the follow-up work. She wasn't, so it was coming back. It wasn't going away. You know, she, she was like killing off the bad bacteria somewhat, but she then was like refeeding them with these foods that are unsupportive. So it's, Mm. uh, that's, this is why I, you know, I try not to, it's a holistic, fully comprehensive process. So when people come to me and are like, oh, but I started taking probiotic. I'm like, that's cool. But that's not what this comes down to, you know, and we really have to make sure we're hitting it from all of these angles and, and functional medicine teaches like a a five-step process, um, which I incorporate into my program. And then we just like make it fun and relatable and actually doable with like delicious recipes and, and um, also making sure that we're supporting the body in other ways. So food is so important and can make such a huge difference, but um, stress management, I mean, that was a huge part of my own healing process 
was just like getting radically honest with like how stressed I was and my perspective around stress and time and all of these things. And stress alone will wreck the gut. And also looking at, um, I've had some of my students before they come to work with me and, and then we kind of follow up with the work that I do, um, do some like trauma clearing work, you know, because yes. if, if we have this trauma in the body, we're in this, we're like in the fight or flight response without really even knowing it. We're existing in this fight or flight response and the body can't heal there. And I mean, it's just going to, not only is digestion really um, negatively impact when we're in fight or flight, but the body can only repair in the parasympathetic nervous response and that rest and digest response. So um, it takes, it takes more than just the food. It takes more than just whole 30, whatever, you know what I mean? Like it takes more than going keto for two weeks. It takes a really it takes a lifestyle shift. And while some people want the like flat belly in five days thing, that's like not the game that I play. I'm like, yo, we're changing your life and we're shifting all of this for the better. So you feel supported forever. Um, So it takes looking at other things too. I love that you look at it from such a holistic approach. When I, when I was teaching Pilates, there would be, I I worked with a lot of clients who were dealing with adrenal fatigue and and reproductive issues. And because Pilates and yoga are two forms of exercise when done gently, I'm not talking like power Pilates or like jump board Pilates, but like Pilates in, in its truer form, when you're using that with, and yoga, those actually activate the parasympathetic nervous system rather than like fight or flight. So sometimes I would see clients and they would be wanting to, to get fit and healthy and, and they'd be exercising and they'd be doing all the hits at the at the gym and boot camp and all that but they were still struggling with f- complete exhaustion mm-hmm. and it's because they were actually burning themselves out because their body was stuck in fight or flight and so with doing the some of the processes that I do in my practice of timeline therapy and hypnosis of of healing from mm-hmm. a lot of trauma it, it completely changes you on a, on such a cellular level and I love the fact that you're dealing with and you address the stress factor that goes into how we digest. Now looking, I know that timing comes into play, not just in the terms of intermittent fasting, but timing comes into play with digestion and like when you eat your food is just as important as what you eat. So can you touch on that a bit? And also I would assume how you eat your food as well of like if you're eating it in a stressed out state where you're just like shoving it down your throat as you're trying to get off another email to a client, Mm -hmm. it's not as your body isn't going to digest it in the same way. 100%. So that's actually like one of my biggest personal triggers is I eat all the food that's supportive. It's just like how I live my life. I do it without really even thinking about it anymore, which is a true blessing because it was not the case 10 years ago. It was like consumed by every thought and was so overwhelming to me. So now I, I mean, I live this life really without much effort, I would say. Um, and the thing that triggers me the most is eating if I'm like really stressed and if I'm like running out the door or if I'm in front of my computer, like shoveling a salad into my mouth or whatever it is, it doesn't even matter what I'm eating. Um, it could be the, the most gut healthy meal. Like it's not going to, I'm going to be a little bloated and that's, it's the stress response right there because I'm, I'm like, am I even breathing? Does my body even know what's happening? You know? So how you eat is so incredibly important and a tool to use to just like use on a daily basis. Once again, very simple, totally free is like take six really deep belly breaths um, before you eat your meal, allow your body to like 
ground down, allow your nervous system to relax a little bit, you know, get in some fresh oxygen um, before we just start like shoveling the food into our, into our mouths. Um, that can be so helpful. I was just talking with a client on, on Sunday, you know, and she was like, I ate everything that was on, on the plan, but I was still bloated. And she was like, you know, now that I think about it, I was so stressed and like upset. And I'm like, girlfriend, that's it right there. Like her stress is also a big trigger for her. Um, so it's so important. And then time-wise, um, you know, I think this is really, I think it's personal and I think it depends on the lifestyle that you live. Like I'm an entrepreneur. I run my own thing. I don't, I don't work nine to five. Um, I work some different hours. So like I, and I also can work from home or I can work from my co-working space. So what I'm able to do is going to look a little different to what someone else is able to do with their nine to five. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, so taking that into consideration, you know, and, and making, making this work for your lifestyle too. I've also had women that were nurses and working overnight shifts, you know, so it's like, what do they do? So it's really just figuring out what works for best for you and your body. Those 12 hours are critical. Um, and I would say as well, they're more impactful when we eat an earlier dinner um, than a later dinner and a, and a later breakfast. So an earlier dinner with like an earlier breakfast, I find is more helpful um, because it gives, we're not eating and then just going to bed. It gives the body some time to digest. And then it usually takes about like six to eight hours um, for the body to really digest. And then we give it those extra four to kind of like repair and clean house. Um, so I, I would say like, if you can have an earlier dinner, that's, that's more helpful. Um, but also be mindful for, for what works for you. And if you find yourself giving your, giving yourself these parameters and like have to be done eating by 6 PM, like be honest, be radically honest with like, is that triggering for you? Is that another escape and way for you to put up some like restrictions on what you're eating, you know? So yeah, the control, the circling back to the, the beliefs of control and controlling what you eat or when you eat and, and those deeper seated issues rather than it just being about your health. Yeah. You know, and, and even last night I was like a little hungry going to bed because I ate a really early dinner because I was like doing some things and I was like, Hmm, I could eat a snack. Like I'm pretty hungry. And then I chose not to, but not because it had anything to do with my weight, but because like, I feel like my stress has been pretty high lately and I wanted to really give my body some like deep sleep and not be digesting food while doing it. But that was really, truly my reasoning. Um, but I check myself, you know, like I get, you have to get really radically honest with your, like your intentions behind what you're doing. Amen. Being intentional. You just said my word of the year. <laughs> <laughs> so Hannah, I, I, I hope everyone was taking some massive notes and letting all of this amazing information process and as you consume it and digest it, pun intended, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> because if you just implement a few of the tools that Hannah has given you, free tools, by the way, it will radically change the game for, for how you experience food and how you are experiencing your body. So Hannah, I would love to wrap this up with a little bit of like queenly rapid fire, if you're ready to get down with me. <laughs> yes, yes, let's do it. Cool. Who is your favorite female character in a book or a movie and why? Oh my gosh, I don't even know. Um... Okay. Favorite female character. Okay. I'm just going to say this because it's top of mind. I just saw Little Women and I loved um, that main character that Saoirse Ronan played in the new movie. Um, mm -hmm. She was Joke. just, she, yes, she was just so like, 
can I cuss on this? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Um, she was just so, like, badass, you know? And she was, like, so caring. And I felt like she really um, just, like, made it work for her, even though she got kind of, like, pushed at the end, you know? So I would say her as of right now because that's top of mind. <laughs> I, w- I could have sworn I was- thought you were going to say Britney Spears and Crossroads because I know that you're a big <laughs> Britney fan. <laughs> and oh that's gosh. who you wanted to be. <laughs> close second. Close second. <laughs> If you were a queen country, what would be your prime focus? Oh my gosh. If I was a, if I was a queen of a country. Yes. Uh, getting health, getting health education into more people's hands and, and making, um, you know, making people feel empowered about their decisions, um, around their health and, and letting, helping them get educated. So when they walk into the doctor's office or the, nutritionist office or whatever, um, they can actually ask questions and feel like they know kind of a little bit of what they're working with. Awesome. If your palace had a swear jar, how much money would you have to put in it daily? So there are many options to this. It depends on how much you would charge yourself and, (laughs) and how often. Oh, I I don't think I charge much (laughs) because (laughs) I don't like really care. Um, but I would say it would be, if it was like, a dollar a charge. I'd say I have eight dollars. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that's a, that's a nice investment, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is. I know it's like two coffees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, what woman would you want to trade places with just for a day? Mm, Gwyneth Paltrow, and I know she's not necessarily a popular choice among a lot of people, um, but I think that what she's done with her business is awesome, and I think she has access to some of like the top people in the health space. Um, just because of the work that she does now and and her name. And I think that would be really awesome. And also to see how she has built this business and and really is running it um, while also pushing the boundaries because she talks about a lot of things that are a little like taboo. And I think that's very cool. Cool. What message do you want to share with the world? I mean, I know you already stepped on your soapbox, so like share it again. (laughs) Yes. I'd say my biggest message is like, let let your own health journey be really beautiful and enriching and don't, don't stray away from it due to fear. We all have to come up against this and deal with this at one point or another. And please take preventative action before something like really bad happens, unfortunately, you know, but we, we, all of us have this, we have like a, a health plan to get like a sickness recovery plan, but none of us have developed like a wellness plan to just maintain feeling good for our lives. So, you know, do, do some research, get some help. Don't waste your time trying to figure it all out yourself. I did that a very long time and let it be fun. Shift your perspective around this and allow it to be empowering and enriching and gorgeous, getting to know your body and what works with it and ditch the diets. (laughs) Yes. And lastly, how do you crown yourself? Oh my gosh. Um, you know, meaning like, how do I kind of like give myself however you want to interpret it? Okay. So I interpret it as like, how do I really like give myself a hug at the end of the day and like appreciate my own, my own hard work. Um, that's kind of how I see it. And I'm, this is something that's a continue, a continuing process for me. Um, I can definitely just move on to the next thing without really feeling the gratitude and appreciation for my own hard work. Um, but I would think that spending time with my loved ones is, is really kind of how I do it. And, and it takes me out of my own head. That's just like work and, and helping and business and, 
and puts me into this, you know, other place of just like love and gratitude and, and what's, you know, family and what's so, so important and, and heart enriching. So, um, last night I spent time with my little nephew, who's like the light of my life. And I would say that is crowning myself. (laughs) Awesome. I love it. Hannah, where can we find you? Where can we grab your program? Where can we hire you and share a meal with you? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I want to see all the meals. Um, please, please, please. So, so my website is my first and last name, Um, So it's H-A-N-N-A-H-A-Y-L-W-A-R-D.com. There you can pretty much find out everything about me. I'm also on Instagram. Um, my first and last name, Hannah Aylward, and then HHC for a holistic health coach. Please come follow me and let me know where you are in your health journey. And um, I'm constantly asking my, my audience, like, what do you need help with? Like, I want to help you. So let me know. Please send me your gorgeous meals. It like literally makes my entire day. Um, and, and on my website, you'll find access to, I have a cookbook that's a really like easy download, um, super helpful. Well, these meals are totally amazing. Um, and I also have my gut health guide to happiness, which is like my 23 day ebook program. If you're like ready to dive in. And then if you're ready to really shift your entire life, I have my online course that's called healing guts and shaking butts, um, because we like to keep it fun and I love dancing. And, um, that's all available through, through my website as well as, um, you know, if I would love to offer your audience, I have a free three-day gut reset, which you can access through my website. And maybe I can, I can send you over a link. And um, that's great for anyone that's like really interested in, and wants to feel better, like immediately. Um, these three days are super powerful and the gut microbiome starts to actually shift in our favor in as little as um, three days when we, when we eat the right things and, and practice the right practices. So that's an incredible program as well. But um, I'm on, yeah, I'm on all the things. Facebook. I have yes, no- please. <laughs> like, yes, I know. I know there are many people in this audience who will definitely take you up on resetting their guts in three days. Yes. Yes. And like I said before, like I'm not into the flat belly in five days fad. That's not my game. And but, but however, with that being said, I really love to give people quick wins so they can get some relief because I know how like deep and dark this hole can be when you're feeling really bad. Um, and this is why this three-day gut reset exists. So you can like see the light at the end of the tunnel and feel better and then gain some momentum to keep on going. Oh, I love it. I love it. Hannah, what a pleasure. I am just so glad to know you and to have you and the, oh my gosh, the, the amount of information that you shared, I am just blown away. I'm recalculating and calibrating a few things of habits that we have in our family and how we can shift on perhaps not eating so late. And so thank you so much for, for being here and for sharing this space with me. I've so appreciated it. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor, like literally such an honor. And I do it all with such a big smile. So thank you smiles all around as <laughs> always my fellow empire builders own your throne mind your business because your reign is now till next time thank you so much for tuning in today if what you heard resonated with you be sure to subscribe and share your breakthroughs and ahas with me by leaving a review on itunes so i can keep the magic flowing your way And if you aren't already following us on social media, come experience the extra inspiration and queenly convos on Instagram at crownyourselfnow or visit our website at crownyourself.com. I am so excited to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, go out there and create a body, business, and life that rules.